I do my show on the Heritage Radio Network because I think it's important to talk about the impact of technology on our lives. I do my show to reach home cooks and help them do better. I love getting together with people in the industry. I like hosting my show because to me, it's the stories about people and their relationship to food that help make the food more interesting and more delicious. Our hosts do their shows as a labor of love, but we still need your financial support in order to keep the lights on and keep the tape rolling. Please become a member today at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit wholefoodsmarket.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sharp and Hot. I am your host, Emily Peterson, broadcasting to you live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This is episode number 133. Thank you so much for lending me your ears for 30 minutes today. I am super excited because it is the first day of summer, which is my favorite season. And as someone who grew up on the beach, I am hard-pressed not to just hop in my car every morning and go sit on the sand until, oh, I don't know, back to school. But I realized that I can't do that. And so I am there in spirit for those of you guys who live closer to the beach than I do. But happy summer. I don't know if you had a chance to see the full moon rise last night. It was the first full moon that was on a solstice in 50 years. And that felt kind of cool and profound and helped me look outside of myself a little bit into the wonder of space because I am a total nerd, and I love it. Um, I'm also excited to be joined by my guest, who is a fitness guru who is joining me by phone from her home in Connecticut. Lisa Lynn, welcome to Sharp and Hot. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm wondering if you're at the pizza place, because you knew my nickname used to be Lisa Pizza. I did not know that. How did you get that nickname? (laughs) I've been listening about your relationship with food, and I'm thinking, oh, God, but what happens when it goes bad? Because I like food a little too much. (laughs) Then you are on the right show, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that. I was stalking you all saying, I hope these little food things were lean. But you know what? This is why we go to the gym. And and I have good news for everybody, because the truth is that's the real world, and there's a lot of things you can do to offset the calorie expenses that we all will do. Okay, so it is beach season and I am, you know, a mom and I am trying to balance my love of my body as a machine and as a beautiful thing that brought life into this world mm. and also my vanity as a 36-year-old. Yeah. Give me some tips on how to do both of those things healthfully. The good news is there's a lot more hope than you think. Okay, good. Because, you know, motherhood has its challenges. For me, it did because we eat what's on the kid's plate. But here's one thing no one thinks about that I like to teach people right out of the chute. When you fall, and you will, with food, your mom, you're going to fall every day. Just think, what are the two foods you fall the hardest on? It's always carbs and fat. And so what are the two things you should pull back on? Somewhere. It could be one meal. You can pull back on carbs and fat, and we create balance to offset these calorie expenses. So I am a big, big, big believer. My health care initiative is everybody should get up and start their day with whey. A nice, clean whey protein shake. Don't add fruit. Don't add milks unless you want to gain weight. 
just get up and have the whey because that delivers all the protein your body needs. Your metabolism won't slow down, but none of the carbs and fat. So you actually robbed Peter and paid Paul. So, get away with it. So what is whey for the listeners who are like, wait, what is this? I don't, I've, or maybe it's like a word they've heard. Yeah. You bring up a good point because there's a lot of people shopping and everybody's into this new vegan movement. But the truth is vegetarian and vegan shakes won't do it. Whey is derived from dairy products. However, when you see a $20 protein shake and a $50 protein shake, there's a big difference. The $50 shake is, which is the one that I believe in, it's micro-filtered and we remove, this is where food processing is good, we remove all the traces of lactose that all that's in place is just really good amino acid profile. And it comes from the cheese-making process? Yep. In fact, yep. And believe it or not, cheese consumption has gone down. And so whey is, good whey is really hard to find. And to be honest, that's the reason you'll hear potato, pea, protein, vegan. By the way, they're disgusting. <laughs> and I'm a believer, like, I would rather be dead than eat food that I don't like because life is really short, and we should never eat things that we don't like. We should love what we eat. So I have a question for you. I heard a story a few months ago that in the southern tier of New York State, so sort of south of the Finger Lakes and north of the Pennsylvania border, where the dairy farms are producing all of the Greek yogurt that has become super, super popular, that there's like a way, major way excess and people are having a hard time disposing of their way because there's such pressure on the Greek yogurt market. Is well, that- I wish that was true, by the way, because way is price high right now. But but you could be right. I don't know the truth behind the yogurt thing, but I will tell you that I get my way from the southern area, or believe it or not, California, that area where they actually get, the, the cows get more sunshine. They're happier over there on the <laughs> West Coast. I think that's, a, isn't that <laughs> a commercial? a question. I say, how are the cows? Are they happy? Because if the cows are happy and healthier and they're getting more vitamin D, we're consuming that. We don't realize. We really, really are what we eat. And if we eat a cow that stands out in the rain and isn't happy and has all those depressing hormones, it does make a difference in our body. And so I think people should pay attention to where where you're eating the food and how you really feel when you eat it. I 100% agree with you on that point. I, I have to remind myself often, you said that I fall, which I do. For me, uh, it's a, a can of Coke. If yeah. I have Coke in the house, I will drink it. And the listeners of this show know that it is my one like f- real flawed weakness because... I love, I love it, and I have to stop. You know, as stop. much as people are picking on this whole soda thing, and yeah, it's pumped with sugar and caffeine. That's why you love it. It makes you <laughs> feel good. <laughs> but the truth is, everybody's diet, when you have it dialed in, there is always room, 20% margin. Me, I'm a little older. I have like a 10% margin of error, where that could be my off food, the food I live for every day. And if people would just step back and remove their emotions and figure out, like, I'm willing, I don't really suffer anymore all day, but I'm willing to be pretty good because I love frozen yogurt with sprinkles on it. So if we think about food as fuel, you just, tell me about the rest of your meal plan for the day. So you start the day with a whey protein shake, and always, then what happens? Always, And to be honest, I'm pretty much on the go all morning, and it's easy for me when it's busy. So my next meal might be a shake or a really clean with no carbs or fat. 
um, or sugar protein bar and a, and a salad. I love my vegetables, so that's never an issue for me. Um, it could be, you know, if I'm on the road, I could be eating a handful of celery. That would be a really good, let's call that like the day you're saving money to go on vacation. <laughs> and then at nighttime, I power down huge, like I'm, I'm loving all of the stuff that's coming in season right now because um, gazpacho, I mean, come on, does it get better than that? With shrimp floating in it. Yeah, I mean, this time of year, it's so much easier to eat healthfully because everything's so fresh and delicious right in our own Northeast region. Totally. And then, you know, of course, I have what I call the emotional snack, two or three, where I don't really physically need it. Like, we really don't need to be eating six meals a day. The snack manufacturers came up with that. But the truth is we want food, and sometimes it helps us eat better at dinner. So I'll have a green apple, a peach, strawberries, whatever's in season. And then the truth is there's somewhere during that course of that day, I am stopping somewhere. I love, I could tell you globally where to get the frozen yogurt and where it's good. <laughs> I'm going to stop. And if they don't sell frozen yogurt, you know, I'm in Italy getting the sorbet that the gelato guy sells. Sure. So that's fascinating. So it was a creation of the snack food industry telling us that we need to eat small meals throughout the day. And, you know, they're shocked at this whole obesity epidemic. They don't know what's happening. Well, the truth is, ever since these meals grew, we used to have three meals and one snack. And I really believe that that's best for us. We've, because what happens is if we don't eat, we have this trade-off. We think that we can eat more later. Well, the more we're told to eat, the more we're focused on food. And, and when I was told that, I gained 40 pounds. I just increased my meals. I didn't, I didn't divide them first. You know, so if your, your goal weight is, let's just say it's 120, people don't realize this is totally about math. You need to get 1,200 calories in a day. If you take in more, you're going to gain. If you take in less, you're going to lose. Run the numbers and always aim for the right things first. Like, if you notice in my day, that was a perfect day, by the way. I don't always eat perfect, but I got my protein needs met, and I nailed my vegetables. It doesn't get more important than that. Everything else is really for the head. You know, if you want those excess carbs, I say keep the pasta, give me sorbet. Right. I mean, and I'm sort of of the opinion that you can eat as many vegetables as you want. Yep. And that's why I love them. I could trade my gigantic bowl of vegetables and maybe a second serving for a half a cup. You can keep the half a cup. I'm just getting warmed up. (laughs) So how long does it take to see a change in your body? If someone is like, okay, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to commit to a calorie limitation on my day plus an exercise routine which is something separate that I would love to talk yep. to you about what yep. how often does like what what time commitment are we looking at before someone starts to see a change in the mirror you know if you dial in your diet correctly you will see a change and feel it by the end of the day, the same day you start. How do you know if it's dialed in? Well, to be honest, I hate to make the scale God, and it isn't, but if that scale doesn't drop down a pound, you know you don't have it dialed in enough. For instance, women, when they switch to healthy eating, nobody really weighs and measures their food. So chicken breast, the ones we're buying now, could serve three people. But in our eyes, we had one. Right, and right. And so, like, I steer toward the white fish, the shrimp, the scallops, because I can have a lot more. If you're a clam lover, I think a serving is 20. And so if you're a volume eater, you really need to go to the right food. And when you dial in that right food, for instance, the more seafood you eat and the, and the white fish, um, the faster you're going to lose weight and feel it. And you really will feel it by the end of the same day you start. So talk to me about energy output. What is an exercise routine that you pair up with a, a diet look like? Well, good point, and, and I'm not, I, look, I'm a trainer, and I make a great living making people work out, but the truth is, diet is 90% of it, 
and exercise makes up the other 10. We need to move and stay strong and protect our bones. But if, you're, if your diet is dialed in, your movement could be as simple as 10,000 steps a day, which some people get without ever entering a gym. If you don't, you need to go into one. I do really believe in um, lifting weights two times a week, and when people want to transform their body, I just have them do it three days a week, metabolic boosting style, meaning all your whole body done in 30 minutes, no rest, two sets, extremely doable without a gym membership needed. It's easy. I, I mean, and I love this because I think, I think that there are, and I will include myself in this category, I go through sort of fits and starts where I'll get super, super motivated mm-hmm. and I'll go to the gym and I'll run and I, I do wear a Fitbit and I do work really Good. hard to get 10,000 steps every day. And I'll say, I thought, ten, I, when I got the Fitbit, I thought, I'm going to be at like 40,000. This is going to nope. be... I was so wrong, and I consider I myself to be it's, fairly active. It's flabbergasting. Like, I one time took our whole family, went to Disney World. I must have drove people crazy, and I wore a pedometer. It felt exhausting, but the truth is I had to get on the treadmill for 45 minutes. Even though we walked around all day, sometimes things aren't what they seem, and that's why measurement tools are so critical, whether you're measuring your steps or weigh in your chicken breast to see how much you're really eating because I'm a med- I specialize in sluggish metabolisms, and the one thing I could tell people with 100% conviction is there are slow metabolisms, but they can be worked, and it really is about what we do to them. Giving them the right food, like seafood has a lot of iodine in it, and iodine helps enhance the thyroid. And as we age, after we have kids, our thyroid begins to, d- to come down. So if you can eat more white seafood, I say the lighter and the whiter the fish, the better for your metabolism, you're going to see a huge change in weight loss and how you see, feel, how your thighs look, just by switching from chicken to fish, and you don't really have to measure it quite the same. So say that again, because I think that's so impactful. It's changing your body. If you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see or you see places that you can improve it is 90% diet. Yep. And only 10, and by the way, I was, I was over-exercising four hours a day when someone taught me about this science. Now, when you hear all these, that's too slow. Not when, when you're talking to an expert and, like, you're drinking away for, for breakfast, your metabolism cannot slow down. I don't know if you've seen all the studies on intermittent fasting and how they're really suggesting people dial their calories down, which I've been saying for years. One, it's the healthiest thing you can do for your body. It gives your whole system a break. But that doesn't mean just starve and let your body decline. You have to give it that whey protein without adding any junk, and then your metabolism will not slow down. I think also, I in my own completely unscientific anecdotal research, all calories are not created the same. You're right. You're right. And you know what? You, you There is a day, like, everybody has a cheat meal. I, I don't eat pizza anymore because I cannot stop at one slice. I think <laughs> the whole pie is one serving. Right. All kidding aside, I'm a pretty small girl, but I can pack it down. So I'm more of a, let's go out for Chipino or let's go get lobsters and eat, because I like a lot of food, and so it changes what I choose. I have a decision to make. Do I want high-calorie food where I eat a lot less, or do I want a lot? But mindful eating is, is just gone and figuring out if wine is your thing at dinner, then you've got to forego dessert and the pasta. Right. Okay, so I want to talk more about mindful eating. We have to take mm. a quick break, and when we sure. come back, more with Lisa Lynn.
Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market, America's healthiest grocery store with more than 400 locations throughout the United States. Download the Whole Foods Market app on your smartphone for recipes, sales, information, and digital coupons. Or visit WholeFoodsMarket.com to find a store closest to you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sharp and Hot. I am Emily Peterson being joined by phone by Lisa Lynn fitness expert and nutrition guru. So right before the break, you mentioned mindful eating. And this is something that I talk so frequently about with people. And I'm curious to know how people respond to you the first time they hear that level of um, sort of responsibility being placed on them in that decision-making realm. Oh, gosh. I mean, I have clients I've seen for decades, and we're still trying to even get them to get what this concept even means. And I think we all hear this term, but I think it took me 20 years to really grasp where, number one, if you can't eat mindfully, because we are in such a rush, and I'm the first one, I'm always in a rush to go somewhere, but what I've learned is hit pause, do not eat in that zone, because it's guaranteed you're going to eat the side of a cow and not even know. (laughs) And you're still not full. Like I always say, if it's not running away, I'm chasing after it. And so I've learned to sit and hit pause, especially for moms, there's that witching hour that goes on. And I now, as a mother, understand what that means. Hit pause, light candles, slow the house down, put the food in the oven and let it sit. And nobody touches a fork until everybody's calm, especially the kids who are whining, banging their things, really screaming. Because the first thing we teach them is, Food is the only thing that's going to make you okay. Mm, but for a lot of people, they pay me a lot of money, and it really goes, if people could just mindfully eat, like, really, what did I just eat for lunch? Did I have a big lunch? Can I, should I be toning my dinner down? And I'm taught as an athlete, eat according to what you're going to do. So if you're going to go lay on the beach all day, you absolutely don't need to fill yourself up. You're going to park your car. Right. I think one of the things that I figured out with my son is the the days are best when I, ne- I don't let him get to that point before yep. I have something for him to eat. You nailed it. And the other really great trick is I got in the habit of this when my daughter was little, and she's really struggles with this food issue. Put vegetables out. And when people are really hungry and you have celery out, this includes myself, they will eat it. If it's really just about hen hunger and you want what you are, maybe you're really tired. I say hit the halt button. Are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? And really figure out what that answer is. 99% of the time, or even more, I would say, it's really not about physical hunger. Because if we have weight to lose, we could pretty much go, like I remember saying to myself, I had 40 pounds to lose. You could go two weeks, you're going to be okay. Right. I never thought of that. It was, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm like an hour past meal. I'm seeing spots. And it was very much psychosomatic. I was, it was called anxiety. Right. Yeah. I, and it, I want you to talk more about that because I uh, was hundred and almost 180 pounds several months ago. Mm. And in my head, and I'm tall, I'm, I'm almost six feet tall. And in my head, I was like, if I could just get down to 160, then everything will be okay. And yeah. I made some changes. Most notably, I quit drinking. And now, this morning, I was 162 pounds. But 
Amen. It hasn't solved all of my anxiety problems. No, and sometimes it makes it worse if you didn't notice, and you don't realize, like, um, you, you just told my story. I remember looking in the mirror. I got buffed, went beyond what my thoughts were, and I write about all this in my book, My Journey, and I'm standing in front of a mirror, 1500 bucks on a photo shoot to model a bathing suit, and I remember thinking, oh, nothing's changed. Everything is still the same inside, and you realize now it's time to dig deep, and not only... Did I get to that moment? But I realized now all that anxiety that I wasn't expressing, I was, I was numbing it. Now I had to figure out how to deal with it. And so I make my family, it does drive them crazy, but we sit down and I insist that they just say that God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food, period. It just it makes them do something and sit and stop and then put the fork down in between, chew your food 60 times, which is what we're supposed to do. This is, you want to talk about exercise? That is an exercise. Right. And I think that all goes into that mindfulness uh, aspect, too. Oh, totally. And in this day and age, I've actually heard some women say, my son does this. He eats way too slow. He's the only human I know that chooses food 60 times and we're all rushing. He never finishes anything. He's no weight problem whatsoever, but he's got it right. We have it wrong. So I've learned slow down and also talk about this with your kids. Say, I'm really struggling. Maybe you can help me. You know, throw yourself under the bus to get the whole family on board. Right. Yeah. I mean, I... I I feel like we've got our kid into vegetables. He loves, loves, loves vegetables and hummus. But the speed thing and the eating, you know, slowing down and eating as a family, that's definitely a place where I can make some improvements. <laughs> and, you know, my mother used to say that. Light a candle. And I used to laugh at the crisis moment. Two kids, the phone's right. ringing. I will admit, when you said that earlier, I was not, like... <laughs> she was right. And so we're really big into aromatherapy candles that we can buy that my kids love to light them. We put them in front. It mesmerizes them. So just putting candles on the table and having that little ritual, because meals shouldn't be about just jumping into the food, but the whole act of it. Yeah, I think that, you know, and I will admit that when you said light the candle earlier on in our conversation, I sort of thought, I, uh, that's, that's not going to happen. But, you know, when we, go, <laughs> when we go to my mother-in-law and father-in-law's house for dinner, they do have candles at every meal, and my kid has the ritual of blowing them out at the end of the meal. Yep. And, and they love just sitting if you put it in front of them with safety in mind. But they'll sit and just stare. And it totally, especially if it's a lavender, like I have a very hyper Brussels Griffon. And, and the vet told my kid, we do it for the dog, but we forget about the people. Like, get those lavender scents infused. I don't like it to overpower my food smell. But if people are anxious, those little things or the act of going to wash your hands up, put some water on your face, calm down, sit down say something, and then dig in the food. I really like this idea of mindfulness and ritual around eating. So tell me what you're most looking forward to this summer. What are some things that you have on the horizon? Eating. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've learned for things like we had a lobster on, on Sunday night for Father's Day and had lots of corn on the cob and all kind of things that you have to eat with your hands. And that's another good thing. It's foods you can eat that you have to work at. And so this summer, um, we'll be doing all of that. Like someone told me a story about they were in East Hampton and they made lobsters on the beach. They steamed them off the seaweed. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up. I mean, I grew up where eating lobster was something that we did because my dad was a commercial fisherman. It was uh, so, yeah, so easy to come it. by. And instantly I thought that is totally on my bucket list because my kids love the whole art and the preparation, not just the eating. And that's 
part of the way that you get them to eat the food. And my dogs love to eat this stuff. Like, if you can't give the food to your dogs, you probably shouldn't be eating it yourself. Right, right. How old are your kids? I have a 21 and 16. They're very big kids now, but still my babies. <laughs> I, and believe it or not, they get more picky as they age. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at my son who, I, it's like, I know logically he's going to be four in October, but I, it's like, he's going to be <laughs> 16 the and then 21 before I know, before that's set in also. And you know what? Everybody should have it. Every week they try a new food, which we do, especially a vegetable and the real crazy exotic section. And, and you're allowed to spit it, which the kids, it makes trying something new. They say you have to get your kids to try things a hundred times. Never quit. Like as moms, that's our side of the street. We have to keep clean. If Johnny's going to eat junk when he's with his grandmother, you can't control it. But what you do with them, you can. I feel like every family should have a salad on the table. And, and that salad could be turned into soup. You could get a little creative. But every night there should be that thing next to it. And so it's never a what vegetable people just aren't eating greens anymore right and i feel like you know not to launch my parenting pitchfork in any way but you have i I had to introduce my kid to peppers probably 60 times yep and just by like offering it and him tasting me like i don't like this i don't like this and now i cannot feed that kid enough what we call rainbow peppers and i cut up a batch for the week and he can go into the fridge and get them himself and it does take some mindfulness and patience with your kid to not believe them the first time they say, I don't like this. There could be yeah, so don't many go there with them. And almost always what I find, especially in the fish category, I have mothers who bring their kids to me and they'll say, well, she doesn't like fish and I have to look at them. I don't like this part of my job. I'm like, well, do you eat fish? Yeah, exactly. And come to find out almost always they don't. But frankly, and I don't think everybody should... And not everybody's going to like everything, but I think just because you don't like a food doesn't mean we shouldn't introduce it to our kids. Just like if you're afraid of dogs, go, go the extra mile and introduce them to them. Food, we really have to go above and beyond, and we'll get these taste buds. Like my daughter was brought up in Martha Stewart's kitchen. She eats everything from caviar, you name it, that kid is eating it. We just... <laughs> gave her everything in a fun way it didn't become it became like martha really knows how to show her foods if you will so even the yuckiest thing like i think one time she saw something oh mommy look and i said why don't you taste that it was frogs like she loved it yeah wait are you being so you're being literal when you say your daughter grew up in martha's kitchen Yes. How did that come to happen? I've trained Martha for over 14 years. So, you know, not only was I a foodie, but I really became one working for her and picking it, cooking it, where it came from, learning about it. My daughter, who's 21 now, um, even at five, she didn't want the little kids meal at wedding. She wanted what the grownups ate. Sure. So what are some (laughs) what are some final takeaways that listeners can put into action in terms of loving their bodies? Oh, you know, I think it's a lot easier than you think, and you're 100% right. It's always going to come by not, you know, dissing yourself all day, but saying some positive things. Find some good things you can say about yourself, and then focus on one change a day or a week. Don't make it difficult. Make it so doable you can scratch off the accomplishment and go to the next level. And don't quit. You fall, just keep getting up because we all fall. Lisa Lynn, thank you so much for coming on Sharp and Hot. How do people find out more about you? Uh, Linfit.com. And, and I wanted to mention that I have a, a, a seven-day arm you know, challenge where every day you work your arms for all the women like, like yourself and myself who want to go to the beach but need that zapping. So if they stay in touch and get my newsletter, um, it'll be going out any day now. Oh, I'll do that. So I go to Linfit, Linfit.com and sign up? 
You got it. You'll love that, by the way. So seven days, you won't believe what you, the change you can make, and then you just have to maintain it. All right. And I hope there's some motivation in there because I'm usually like super oh, on yeah. board for day one through three. And then by four, I'm kind of like, ugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not to worry. Thank you so much for having me. You are a joy. Thank you so, so much. I'm going to let you go here. Listeners, you can go to linfit.com and at Lisa Lynn Fitness on Twitter. I am at Chef Emily P on Twitter and Instagram. I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Whole Foods. Thank you to Pete Shukoff for the theme song. Pete came and stayed with us this weekend, and we had such an awesome time hanging out with our old friend who I, I want you all to know if you have said to me that you walk around your kitchen humming sharp and hot, I passed that along to him and he totally blushed and was really excited to hear that. So thank you to Pete. Uh, if you use the hashtag sharp and hot on Instagram or Twitter, send me a picture of what you are cooking. I will send you a cookbook. Actually, I have to say, not just a cookbook. I got a whole different variety of books. So I'll look through your Instagram feed and try to find something that you'll like. I'll pop that in the mail to you. The next two weeks, I am not going to be hosting the show live. Next week, I'm going to be at the Summer Fancy Food Show at the Javits Center. I've never gone to a fancy food show before. I'm really excited. And we're going on, uh, my friend and I are going on a on Tuesday, which is the last day because she's a professional food show goer. And apparently on Tuesday, all the vendors want to give their stuff away because nobody wants to carry anything anymore. So if they've been stingy the first couple of days, Tuesday, you leave with a lot of swag. So I will report back on that. The following week, I'm going to be on vacation for Fourth of July weekend. So I'm going to get a couple of special folks to come and sit in my chair. I have not quite finalized who they are yet, but I promise you are going to love them. And in the meantime, if you need to get in touch with me, you can always email me, chefemily at sharpandhot.com. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click the little beating heart and become a member. Every single membership counts. We really, truly appreciate it, especially if in the sign-up process you select Sharp and Hot from the little drop-down menu. That'll earmark your donation because you're a fan of the show, and I will be very, very honored and touched. Until next week, enjoy the first days of summer and keep playing with fire and knives. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>